0: welcome to the naked truth peace be with you let's pick up where we left off We're in the book of exodus that's the second book in the bible in the old testament so as always we're not going to be hearing any red letters anything jesus had to say in this um reading but uh sometimes jesus reflects back on the old testament when dealing with his detractors and i found myself that that's a useful uh tip and tool to use when you're dealing with bible thumpers even now in our Christian walks, so without further ado, let's begin Exodus um, chapter twenty, verse one. And God spoke all these words, saying. So again, um, these, we're going to just say it's God and the Lord, since that's what the um, what it says there. But we've been over again and again how the words Lord, God, and uh, can change in the Old Testament and be translated from. The name, many different names, not just one, which sort of points to, in my mind, the existence of more than one God being worshipped. Although, once Jesus comes along in the the New Testament, the the red letters, uh, God isn't referred to by any of those names from the Old Testament. Um, Verse 2. I'm the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. So this is the people getting a message directly from God Um, reminding them that that's the one who delivered them even though once they decide to set up their sort of religious order or even governmental order uh, the judges and things like that over 10s and 50s and 100s and like that once they decide to set up that sort of uh, arrangement and we read in the last reading in the previous chapter that they didn't consult God about it at all. Not any of the people and not Moses, even though they were having these sort of direct communications with uh, the Lord at that time. Um, verse three, you shall have no other gods before me. So here you go right there. That's proof that either one, there is a, a, there is an existence of other gods or two, other people the people there were worshiping them so whether they existed or not or whether you believe even one god or uh, exists or not the people at that time were worshiping there was at least the presence of the worship of other gods even way back then and you'll see it again and again in the old testament particularly the people would many times stray away from their worship of um what see what's now considered a monotheistic uh, religious god um, in favor of worshiping a pantheon of different gods, not even from the same religion. Um, let me see. And there's some good documentaries out there about that. I seem to recall maybe it's the History Channel or um, one of those. You could, If you do a search on the 12 tribes of Israel, Or the gods, uh, that's what it's called. There was someone who wrote a book about it, Dan again, I think. Um, He's sort of one of the authorities they refer to in the Ancient Aliens series. Um, But uh, the gods of the Old Testament or something like that it's called. Um, But you can see that there were many different um, religions back then, even if they didn't have... um, even if they're not now, not worshipped as religions now. So anyway, the very first rule that they're getting, the very first thing that God's message of the first part of this message from the Lord they're worshipping to them is that there shall be no other gods before me. So that's got to be your number one God. God has to be uh, your number one place uh, entity of worship. Verse 4, you shall not make for yourself a carved image in any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath so that it so that is in excuse me or that is in the water under the earth so when it says a carved image it's not talking about you're not supposed to make sculptures and uh things like that it's saying you're not supposed to make idols things you uh cook up for yourself to worship um Whatever it may be. And it can't be based on anything in the sky. So it can't be. Say for instance a moon. Or any. You can't say it's the worship. And there are sun worshipers. There are all sorts of different things. People worship with the Lord. They're they're following now. Who led them out of the bondage that they were in. Is telling them that that's not what's for them. That's not what's set up for them. That doesn't mean those other things. uh, Energies and. As it even said there are no other gods. That doesn't mean they don't exist. It means that the one that they're to worship is this one that led them out of slavery. Let's see. Um, verse 5. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. So, um one of the personality characteristics of the entity they're following, that they're identifying as the Lord and their God, self identifying as their God, is saying jealousy is uh one of the main character traits and seems like a very human characteristic, something we can relate to, something I personally absolutely can relate to. I'm an extremely jealous person when it comes to relationships and where the attention uh, is in those relationships. And I don't have very much patience for it not being where it should be. Um, So I can understand that. So that's the very first thing there to recognize that the Lord that delivered them from slavery is their Lord, and no other God is to be worshiped besides that Lord. And you're not supposed to make any sort of articles of idolatry, any sort of images of other gods to worship. But that may, what may come to mind is those new moons or the sun, like I said or um, whatever else people may worship don't forget something else people worship is money and it has an image on it and it also means a whole lot to just about everyone in the world so those things can exist those other energies and things that people will make their gods and turn their energy to they absolutely do exist whether it's the moon the sun or money whatever the case may be they exist but for the Lord that delivered them from the slavery that they were in, the enslavement they were suffering from, none of those are to be the object of their worship. None of those are to be what they're supposed to seek and, uh, and, and hold as number one. Only the Lord is. But showing mercy. And not only that, the other part was uh, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. So some preachers will try to use that passage, that sec- that latter part of that passage to say that uh well that means that children can bear the sins of their fathers. And even the Bible itself, in the Old Testament, says this. Says similarly, and this here says says it right there, pretty plain and simple. Yet some people will try to unwrap that and hang it on oh, of those who hate me. So in this instance of it being mentioned, the of those who hate me is part of the equation. So that if you do despise the Lord, hate the Lord, and then yeah, that that then according to that passage. You can anticipate some repercussions from God and so can your children to the third and fourth generations. Um, but some people, like I said, some preachers will try to turn that to say that, oh, but that's only if you hate him. If you don't hate him, you don't have to worry about it that's only in this passage if you keep reading as we keep reading god willing as we keep reading when it um talks about the lord it's going to say the lord the lord god merciful and gracious long-suffering abounding in goodness and truth keeping mercy for thousands forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin but that's exodus like 34 so god willing we'll get there eventually but um it doesn't include that to the of those who hate me and it goes on to talk about how the sin of the fathers will be visited for many generations so uh, people can choose what to believe what they want to but if your religion is telling you that they're telling you what it, it doesn't say right there you just read it right there if you're going to follow the old testament verse six and as i've said before obviously i'm identify as Christian I follow what it is Jesus has to say those red letters Uh, verse 6 but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments so uh, it doesn't sound like a whole lot when you I mean at that time it probably sounded like a lot thousands of people but when you consider now the population of the world is billions 7 billion people then only thousands showing uh, receiving that mercy kind of puts in, if you're going to believe this is the same Lord yesterday, today, and forever, as churches like to say, then only thousands out of all those populations are going to be in that crowd or in that flock, God willing in this flock that is saved, um, who will get that mercy. Um, Verse 7, you shall not take the name of the Lord, your God, in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So, in my mind, that's goes back to what I always heard as a kid. You're not supposed to use uh use the Lord's name in vain in the sense of like the if you're cussing the g d word um that that's using the Lord's name in vain um and that makes sense to that that'd be make a sense of it. I mean that'd be a sensible example of it, but not necessarily because I can think of when Obama got elected. Uh, there was a preacher who said it, basically, and I'm paraphrasing, that um, the situation black people deal with in America makes people not want to say God bless America, but instead something like God damn America, that America's damned and doomed and cursed by itself just because a lot in many ways because of how it does black people from the start, kidnapping people. Forcing them to work for free, abusing and murdering, lynching and terrorizing, raping and tearing apart the families, and then for four hundred years pretending like it's nothing and refusing to make it right. And it, I mean, the proof is that it, that it continues. Is look at the State of the Union speech that was just uh, aired last night um, by a, a yet another president. And nothing about making any of that right. And it's from someone who's allegedly Christian. Supposedly, and that's how you can tell what people really follow and if they really believe the things they say they believe as far as the Bible. If you're saying you're a Christian and reparations and and, apologies and making amends for how black people were treated during slavery and all the way up till now the different different things, because that just planted the seeds for it, it seems. The fruit of it was much, much worse and continues even now. If that's not on your menu, then that really shows where your heart is, because Jesus Jesus affirms from the Old Testament that you're to love your neighbor as yourself. So how you couldn't possibly justify uh, someone treating you that way uh, in the enslavement, the generational robbery of, of of prosperity and all the oppression and the slave patrols and all of the other wickedness that goes along with it. And then turn around and say you're a Christian and bow your head to God and say you love the Lord and you love your neighbor as yourself. It can't, you can't possibly have that even on your in your thoughts. Anyway, verse seven, you shall not take. Oh, so verse eight. So keeping the Lord, Lord using the using the Lord's name in vain. I think, I mean, people will say like, OMG, and that's their way of saying, oh, my God. And some people will say, oh, my God. But then other people will refer to gosh. And instead of Jesus, they'll say, geez, maybe. And, you know, if you're judging your brother, judging the situation, you may think all those are using the Lord's name in vain. You should use it as it's as it says, God, Lord, Jesus, whatever the case may be not uh, abbreviating it, not making it lowercase. But that's in itself, passing judgment on your neighbor, when in fact maybe that's the only way your neighbor knows God. Maybe that's the only way your neighbor knows how to express God or to say God or to refer to God. So I don't think that that even is necessarily what it is. I think what it is, it's in your heart using the Lord's name the wrong way, maybe even in bad religion and sharing that with people knowingly specifically uh i think maybe that would be the sin um verse eight remember the sabbath day to keep it holy so the sabbath day refers to uh that one day of rest that according to genesis the lord used uh excuse me after the six days of creation and we went over that the creation story and all of that how People write, will write their own things into it when it's not what it even says at all. It doesn't necessarily at all disagree with what science says yet because religion and dogma wins today. As far as what's popularized in people's minds, people will think that it says all sorts of things and write the whole thing off. But all that being said, the Sabbath day is about taking time for rest also. Don't tie yourself up in work have some time for rest yourself and it goes even beyond that now that I think about it back to the evil of slavery because in slavery even if 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 you are enslaving people then that means even they if you're believing and following God the Lord mentioned here they should even get one day of rest to and in fact to keep it holy to rest and seek God in that day rather than whatever it is you've has kept you busy or you've kept yourself busy with those other six days, take one day of rest to chill with the Lord. Verse nine: Six days you shall labor and do all your work. So again, pointing to the six six days of doing other things, doing the work like Jesus, like uh, like the uh, Genesis story spells out six days of doing this, that, and the other for creation and progress of the world, the big picture, and that. Um, but on that one day. Verse ten, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord. You sh- of the Lord your God, in it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. So saying no one in the house, including the servants, and we've gone over before how it'll say servants, but it means slaves. Like when someone's given to someone as property, like it describes and bears children for them as property and the property becomes the owner's property. So it's all, it it can mean slavery. And even if it means slavery, it's making it clear here, even your servants Even the children, even daughters. Notice the daughters even get mentioned. Females don't generally get mentioned. Sometimes they do, but it's not consistent, especially in the Old Testament. But it's making it clear that rule is for everyone so that everyone, no matter what their lot in life, part in picture, or uh, character in God's grand scheme plot is, everyone should have at least that one day of rest and holiness keeping it holy so that not just resting and chilling but resting and chilling with god verse 11 for in six days the lord made the heavens and the earth the sea and all that is in them and test and rested the seventh day therefore the lord blessed the sabbath day and hallowed it so it's pointing back to again the whole creation narrative from the beginning of genesis um in the first book of the bible that we went over and saying that that's the reason because people are to emulate that same, uh, that same example of doing, busying ourselves with the world for six days, but one day you have that holy to the Lord honor and it doesn't lay out which day it doesn't say any of the weekdays it's specifically just the sabbath day that day of rest and i say that because if uh just like again if people try and say oh you can live by the old testament and the new testament then um well let's just keep reading verse 12 honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the lord your god has given you So, honoring your parents, your father, and your mother is the next command. Um, And it's so that your days will be prolonged. I guess, in a sense, if your parents are abusive, um, then you may not want your days to be prolonged. You may want it to be over with and just for the suffering to end. But even if it's not, if your parents are. Whatever your parents may be, it seems here, the command is to honor your father and your mother. And this comes up in the New Testament, where Jesus um, has to go off, basically, on the religious leaders then, because by the time the New Testament rolled around, uh, what we call the New Testament, but what I'm referring to is the times of the New Testament that are documented there, the time that Jesus walked the earth. By those times, the religion that people were following, rooted here in this same, uh, these same events, was uh, making it okay to let your parents suffer as long as you take your money, your offerings, your tithes, and give them to the church. Not I'm saying the church, but it's not church; it's the temple, the synagogue they're saying it's okay then and they'll ignore this command right here so it let's us know that just like in modern times people will thump a bible and say they're they believe this they believe that they're godly or whatever and ignore all the tenets that follow whatever religion it is they say they profess to believe in it's nothing new they will do it have done it even in the bible days even going back to the honor your father and your mother But it is right there. That's the night's command. Verse 13, you shall not murder. So, um, that seems pretty cut and dry that you're not supposed to murder. You're not supposed to take a life. But, um, some preachers will try and ignore this and say that they're still in favor of the death penalty because that they don't consider that murder. Even though murder, according to those same preachers, is premeditated and that's what makes it murder that's why self-defense isn't considered murder and all of that but if you really think about it the the death penalty is premeditated an appointment is set the person is informed that their life is going to end in and the government the state and in a sense the everyone in that states that country's uh citizenry has a part and has a hand in it because they're permitting it and they're condoning it and they're paying for it, literally paying for it through taxes and whatnot to keep a system like that going. Even though we know many, many, many people are falsely convicted, falsely imprisoned, and uh many innocent people have died from the uh suffering the death penalty. Only it didn't wasn't found out until later. And uh so all of that in my mind is murder, but um but they'll think say that's okay, but only call abortion murder, they'll call that murder, but won't call the death penalty murder. it's hypocrisy because the and when you think about an abortion while the baby's still inside the mother it's it's at her mercy and and it's in a it's actually not even that it's that it's still. It's still one. It because if she trips and falls, it, then it passes on to the baby. If she gets drunk, it passes on to the baby. If anything happens to her bad, it can happen and pass on to the baby. So, it's not an independent life of itself while it's still with the mama, the woman carrying it. So if you, but if you're going to consider one murder, then you can't. You're being a hypocrite if you don't consider both murder. If you consider setting an appointment to have a surgery, uh, murder, but don't consider setting the appointment to put someone in a gas chamber or inject them with something or hang them, murder, then that's just hypocrisy. They're both. If you're going to consider one mur- murder, then they both are. Um, verse 14, you shall not commit adultery. So adultery seems like, oh, that's pretty cut and dry. You're supposed to be just one-on-one. That's it. And if you step outside of the one-on-one agreement, that's it. But it's not that cut and dry because... You're we've read it already plenty of the forefathers in the bible have done all these things um and as far as the adultery back then it was okay for a man to have more than one wife so how is that not considered adultery uh, it's only considered adultery if she has more than one husband it's it goes with the times it changes with the times just like now it's considered Adultery, because it's only legally in most places, one-on-one. So if you step outside of that, then it's considered adultery legally, so you could proceed with divorce or whatnot. But from way back then, that's not the case. It wasn't the case uh, before then. I think even Moses had uh, more than one wife. But even if he didn't, I know Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, among them, they had more than one wife. Uh, some many wives and and uh, so it's 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 that part of it goes with the times so if you apply it to modern times now there are marriages just like there were back then it just wasn't known the same way or at least expressed as openly as it is now but there are marriages of convenience where people will be married and under that contract but allow each other to see other people openly without any shame so if you keep if you're keeping that contract then you're not actually committing adultery because you're still staying faithful to that agreement with your spouse the one who's in the contract with you so adultery goes beyond what you may think of as just cheating because uh, and Jesus goes even further with it uh, when he says sex he calls it sexual immorality and that goes even beyond adultery Um, verse 15 I'm, and I say that because sexual immorality can it could go all the way to uh, domestic violence. As it has nothing to do with sex as an in intercourse, it has everything to do with sex as in gender expression and using that to overpower your spouse and be uh, violent. That's actually sexual immorality, um, and that's what Jesus includes when he talks about uh, the the commandments that are to be kept. And affirms them, and um says what it takes to get to heaven, verse fifteen you shall not steal so that's pretty obvious, taking things that aren't yours, that stuff. um now I wonder with that if that even includes well, I guess things like uh what is it um like that old that other old website, website from way back called Napster. How Pete they would open source share things, I guess that's what keeps it from being theft the, the the fine line of it being open source that it's someone openly sharing it with you um so even even theft has its um its gray area um and anyway, so that's the next one stealing verse sixteen. you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor um that's a huge one because you can get your neighbor killed something Karens are historically known for Um, um, having black men in particular in the American slave saga lynched and terrorized just because of false accusations of flirting or even just looking at or smiling at uh, a white woman that sort of thing but it's not just in those cases it happens in other cases too it's It's not as common as people who are okay with many of the things we've talked about say it is, but people will falsely accuse people of things like uh, sexual assaults and things like that, but it's very rare that that happens, and it's extremely rare, almost impossibly rare, that dozens and dozens of people, uh, male or female, will get together and falsely uh, accuse people of sexual assault crimes at the same time, that I mean that's really, really, really highly unlikely, and yet you see it from uh happen again and again, and nothing seemed to happen like with the previous president, dozens of people credibly accusing him of sexual assaults, and yet he's still out giving speeches. meantime Bill Cosby went to prison R Kelly went to prison uh, it's it's a sick system. O.J. still being haunted. His didn't even have anything to do with sexual assaults. Uh, yet you see the privilege that certain people have to do the same things or at least be credibly accused of the same things. Many times with similar similar victims or victims that look the same way. Yet the identity of the accuser is what rules the day in America. If you have the complexion for protection for all of those offenses. But it, there it's saying. Don't do false witnesses. Don't falsely accuse people of things. Verse 17. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. Nor his male servant. Nor his female servant. Nor his ox. Nor his donkey. Nor anything that is your neighbor's. So that uh, commandment. Because it's basically what it is. It's the ten commandments we're going over here. Is to... Stay in your own lane. Don't worry about what your neighbor is doing, what your neighbor is accumulating, what your neighbor's got going on. Focus on yourself. Mow your own lawn. Don't get in your neighbor's business to the point where, oh, he's got this, she's got that. I want this. I want that. I hate them because I don't have what they have. That sort of thing because it's toxic and it's actually not something you're supposed to be doing. What's theirs is theirs. What's yours is yours. And what's theirs isn't yours till they give it to you. Or you get it. Verse 18. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. So this is all happening with um, Moses and Aaron being called away from the crowd up the mountain and they've been told to keep a safe distance away from the mountain. And if they get anywhere near uh, up to the mountain trying to see the Lord, uh, they can expect to die. They'll surely die is what it would say. Excuse me. So while they're receiving uh, the commandments from and the Lord, the people are now uh, on the mountain, and they're they're seeing all the the cosmic events, the thundering and lightning, and the cloud and the smoke and all of that. They see all of that going on, so they know something's happening at the top of the mountain. Um, and they know because Moses also told them they were going up there, and uh, they said he took some of the elders of Israel with him, I guess, as witnesses. Uh, verse nineteen. Then they said to Moses. You speak with us, we will hear, but let not God speak, they same saying with them, lest they die. So they're saying they don't want to deal with the terrifying voice of God, But so instead you just go ahead and talk with them. They're happy with Moses being the intermediary, because they're like, um, it's all just too much for them to deal with. Although I think that maybe if people did have that face-to-face or even... Closeness and experience with God Almighty, then maybe people would be more inspired to do better, to do right by each other. Because then you'd never forget that I remember God showed up. I remember I actually sat down with God. I know this is something God would not have. I know God's watching and would not be okay with this, that sort of thing. I think that would happen a lot more if God did speak audibly. Or even more so, show up visibly to people. But I don't know. People had seem to have a presence there. Let's see how they do. Verse 20, And Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, and that his fear may be before you, so that you may not sin. So he's saying, don't be afraid. God's showing, making his presence known to you to keep you on the straight and narrow so you won't be walking around living sinfully. That's what the whole Ten Commandments are about. And I might have missed it. Did it say, love your neighbor as yourself? I don't think it did. I guess that one doesn't come till later. Um, But he's letting them know that's the purpose of it all, so that they'll know God is with us and uh, Emmanuel, And um, it's so that you can stay on the right paths. So the people stood afar off, but Moses drew near the thick darkness where where God was. So they're satisfied hearing it from a distance and letting Moses be the one to go get the message. Moses proceeds with um, his mission. Verse 22, then the Lord said to Moses, "'Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, You've seen that I've talked with you from heaven. So now we see now the voice they're hearing seems to be coming from heaven, just like thunder, thunder would. And um, and so it's letting Moses know, okay, you see how I operate. You see how I am. The voice you're hearing is coming from way beyond you. It's not somebody speaking to you right there. You shall not make anything to be with me. Gods of silver. Or gods of gold, you shall not make for yourselves. So it seems to be going back to the carved images, the idols. Don't make little trinkets to um say, oh, this is God. Oh, this is to, this is where I'm going to God. This is what this is what I use as God. An altar of earth you shall make for me, and you shall not. And you shall sacrifice on it. Your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your oxen. In every place where I record my name, I will come to you and I will bless you. So it, this is where the whole making offerings seems to be getting instituted. The whole burnt offerings, the killing of animals and all of that stuff. And um, it's getting tied into their ceremony of worship. And like I said before, we see examples of it here and there. Um... As we end up until now, but now we're seeing, sort of getting it codified on how this religion for them is supposed to work. Verse 25: And if you make me an altar of stone, you shall not build it of hewn stone, for if you use your tool on it, you've profaned it. So, this part seems to be a lot like uh, the Wicca religion or witchcraft, voodoo, black magic sort of um, element that. Even the things you use to create your worship altar for sacrifice has to be handled and prepared a certain way. And certain things have to be avoided when compiling it. And he's letting us know here, you, um, if you use stone, then be careful not be using your iron implements. Don't use your hammers and your... Um, uh, nails and things and your sledges, uh, wedges and all of those things, chisels, don't use all of that on it, if you do for some reason that profanes the offering so in your own casting you may consider that verse 26, nor shall you go up by steps to my altar that your nakedness may not be exposed on it, so this seems to be also the beginning of the prudish side of religion, of a uh, sexual modesty being introduced as something that they're supposed to recognize because nowhere up until now does it talk about the nakedness and all of that or refer to with their clothes in fact if you go what jesus says life is more than food and the body is more than clothing and the flesh profits nothing so truly no matter how you clothe yourself or what you're wearing would that really matter so much to the Lord God Almighty, especially if everyone is born naked and the rest is drag, as RuPaul says? Does it really matter? So um, seems to me this is really the setting up of their religion. And and it's almost certainly for a purpose. I think it's so that the order can be maintained in a certain way leading up to the time for Jesus to come and then set people free with what people are really to be concerned with what we're really supposed to follow and then maybe that that's just what this is all for just for order to keep them on the right paths so that it wouldn't maintain until we do get christ coming with the truth for us so that actually ends this reading i appreciate you checking it out with me and hope it was a blessing for you as always um it's wednesday so that's why we're in the old testament we focus on the old testament on mondays and wednesdays and see where they uh how they come how they relate to uh, the words of jesus in the new testament and as we've said a million times or so so far What Jesus has to say is only in six books of the 60 plus books of the Bible. So we focus on those books on Saturday nights. Um, Generally, Saturday nights right around midnight, early Sunday morning. Excuse me. You can hear the past readings here on this platform while they last. Or, if you're an adult, you can go to my website and my platform, while it lasts, hungtgirl.com, and get to know me, all all I can let you know there. Body, mind, spirit, and soul. You can click on the spirit and soul pages, links there, and see what we do here with the Naked Truth. As far as the passages and chapters and verses and books that stand out the most to me and my Christian walk, And as far as the rest of me, the body and mind and spirit and soul and the rest of it, click on the pictures throughout the website. Those are actually videos. And you can get to know that side of me and my friends, maybe even some of your friends. Uh, You can get a membership, make a donation, or just enjoy the free content. All of the above are appreciated. I thank you for all of the above. God bless you for all of the above and for joining me now. And hopefully joining me again. Stay safe. Love your neighbor as yourself. Isn't that the command? Peace to you. See you next time.